All right. So today uh, I am talking to Lauren, who uh, many of you will know, and many of you will actually have probably never met in person or in real life. Um, so Lauren, um, it's great to um, get some time with you, and uh, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about? Um, why don't we start with just how you ended up at Float, um, and we can we can kind of go from there. Yeah, amazing. Um, so actually, that's a good question. How far do you kind of want me to go back, or well, just just maybe um, maybe start with um, what you were doing most recently, and then we can maybe go we can maybe push back uh, further than that yeah. with a bit more questions. Yeah, no worries. So um, I had actually moved to Scotland for a different um, UX researcher position. Um, I was working for DC Thompson to find my past. It's like a family history um, company. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, so yeah, I was doing that based in Dundee, um, which was amazing. And it was a really just great learning experience for kind of like my first UX research role. Um, I think myself and a few other people kind of joined at a bit of an unlucky time. They decided to kind of like have a little bit of a purge. Um, so a few of us unfortunately kind of got, got let go. Um, and then in the meantime, I just was looking for something kind of really quickly um, so that I could kind of stay in Scotland. So I actually ended up working at Digby Brown, the solicitors, um, kind of related because I was mainly just interviewing people that were calling in, um, wanting to like make a claim for, for something. So I spent most of the day- So Digby Brown, so a solicitor, as you said? Yes, yeah. Okay. Um, they've also got an office in, in Dundee. Um, so yeah, I was kind of doing that for a while while I did a bit of volunteering and just basically tried to get back into UX and then saw the position for Float and thought it looked amazing. So I thought I'd apply and yeah, <laughs> luckily awesome. got the position. So yeah. Yeah, it was good good timing. And so you weren't, you didn't think about moving back um, down south at all. You were quite happy to stay in Scotland. <laughs> Definitely. I can't actually imagine myself living back in England now. I, I kind of love Scotland. So, yeah, hopefully I'll be here to stay. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, we'll why don't you, yeah, let's go back a bit further. Tell us a bit about um, where you grew up, um, you know, what, what what sort of stuff you were into and how did you get in? How did you kind of end up moving into the, the kind of UX direction as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I grew up in the West Midlands, um, kind of right next to the Cotswolds, but not quite on that nice part of it, <laughs> just in a really little village. Um, and I have I feel like I'm honestly like an 80-year-old trapped in a 27-year-old's <laughs> body. I am so boring with like my hobbies. I do like embroidery, craft, like crochet, like knitting, all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, pretty embarrassing, <laughs> but that's no, kind of <laughs> Um, did quite a lot of horse riding actually when I was younger. I kind of like worked at a local stables part time so I could get really cheap group lessons, which was nice. Um, I was kind of like surrounded by the country, so I was quite lucky in that sense. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of how I kind of like got into UX, it's a bit of a, a bit of a weird journey. So <laughs> I'll try not make it not too long. Um, oh but, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so I. I ended up doing um, psychology at university um, and then loved it and went Which on to- Which uni was that? Uh, so it's now called the University of South Wales, but it was the University of Glamorgan, um, not too far from Cardiff, which is amazing. So I went and lived in, in Wales for three years. Um, which my mum was really happy about because she's Welsh. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I have some family over there as well, which is nice. Um, 
yeah, just absolutely loved it. And I did kind of vanilla, you know, bachelor's of wellness psychology where you do a bunch of different modules. And I didn't really have a set kind of concrete goal of which area I wanted to go into. I kind of enjoyed lots of it, but I seemed to do the best in forensic, um, which is kind of a crossover between the law and psychology, I guess. Um, so yeah, moved back to my parents and worked for a year, just trying to leave up some money first and also have a bit of a break after my <laughs> first dissertation. Um, and then did my master's in forensic psychology at the University of Gloucestershire, which was amazing. Um, really, really enjoyed that. Um, but so for people that kind of aren't familiar with it, to become like a psychologist, a practitioner, which was originally my goal. And you now kind of have to do something called a traineeship, which can last up to five years. And it's very, very low pay. You have to give quite a large proportion of your salary back to your employer to kind of pay for the traineeship. And it just kind of financially like wasn't feasible for me. So I was kind of thinking, okay, like I need to look at maybe doing something different which was pretty soul-crushing after, I think, almost like eight years of studying psychology. Um, but I'd always had a bit of an interest in, like, coding and programming. Um, my dad was a software developer, so I'd kind of, like, start to teach myself a little bit just as, like, a hobby at uni. Um, and then I saw an advert for a coding boot camp, and I just kind of decided to go for it. And it was super intensive. It was three months, really, like, long hours, but absolutely loved it. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like where I first actually heard about UX. If I'm honest, I didn't even know that that existed as like a field. Mm -hmm. um, we were kind of doing this project for a client and it was kind of this moment of who makes these decisions about like what information is included or whether this is going to work. And so kind of went away and did some uh, research into that. And that's kind of where I first heard the term UX. And for me, it was like a really perfect mix of psychology and tech which were kind of my two main interests at the time. So yeah, just kind of started applying and that's what led me to Scotland. So <laughs> yeah, mm, that's right awesome. way of getting there. <laughs> yeah, that's really, so, okay, so let's go back. So you did four years in psychology and then four years in, what was the next one? So I did four years in total in psychology, um, kind of at like a university level. And then mm -hmm. before that, Okay, so this is another bit of a <laughs> long-winded thing. So just a bit of background. Um, I didn't do amazing in my A-levels like at all. And I ended up just doing like waitressing and stuff for a little while, which is totally fine, but kind of wasn't for me. Um, and I ended up deciding to start by like going back and getting like bits of my ed education done, like alongside work. So. I started off by getting the equivalent of my maths GCSE, and then I did a year full time getting my A-level equivalents. Um, I don't know whether we have this in Scotland, but in England, we have something called the Access to Higher Education Qualification, which is kind of like A-level equivalents. Um, so I did that, um, which was, yeah, amazing, loved it. Um, so that was, yeah, sorry, a year. And then I had also had the four years. So yeah, sorry, I think that was like six. <laughs> Six years of psychology was included in that. So yeah. yeah, right. Okay, that's cool. So, oh gosh, lots of questions now. So, tell me about. Let's talk about about. You said you didn't do that well in your A levels. Like what? Because I didn't do that well in my A levels either. So, um, you know, I I get that. What do you like? What was? What do you think was going on for you then? Were you looking interested in other stuff? Were you not? Like, was were you not? What was? Were you distracted during the? 
you know, the court, like the time there, what was going on for you then? Yeah, so it was weird for me because I'd always, it sounds really sad, but I'd always loved like learning in school and GCSEs I did relatively pretty good in, um, except for maths, didn't do great in that. <laughs> I think I just went straight to D. Um, and then A-levels, I felt like everything was moving a lot quicker. I think the style of learning in A-levels didn't gel with me. Um, and there were loads of exams and I am absolutely terrible at exams. Like give me an essay any day and I'll like love doing it, but exam just complete mind blank. So I think I kind of lost a lot of my confidence in that. And mm. if I'm honest, I think I probably just stopped trying because I was like, at least then I can say I know why I failed, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So I think it was the confidence thing for me. I just, yeah, struggled with it and kind of like fell out of love with like yeah. having something to pursue and like a goal and things like that. So yeah. So when those results came through and weren't what you wanted, what did you what did you do then? Were you did you kind of take a bit of time out or did you? Yeah. So I think it was maybe a year, maybe two. No, I think it was a year actually. I was just doing, yeah, kind of like waitressing jobs and things like that. And mm. I'd kind of said to Jamie actually before, I was like failing my A-levels was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because it put me into a situation where I was like, right, I'm in a job where I'm not going anywhere, long hours, low pay, hate it, that kind of thing. And yeah, I think I just kind of remember waking up one day, I had like a split shift ahead of me and I was just like, no, like I'm not doing this anymore. Um, so in the town where I was working at the time, they had like a maths evening course to do, get your like maths GCSE equivalent. And that was all I really like had the confidence to do at the time. So I just did that around work in the evenings. Um, and yeah, it took me a little bit longer than I'd like to, to get there, but eventually got it. And I think that's what then gave me the confidence to go for like the A-level equivalents. Um, and then eventually uni, and I don't think I would have ever gone to uni if I hadn't failed my levels. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So interesting, isn't it? Like you're when you've got motivation for from a different point of view. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. No, I think mm. it worked really, really well for me in the end. I think it gave me like a lot of grit and determination that I don't think I would have had otherwise. So, yeah, it took me like a while to get to where I think most people end up at, which is uni. Um, but I'm pretty grateful actually for that time because it mm. made me realize actually if I, you know, work really hard at something, I can get there and to kind of not let yeah. that kind of hit you. So Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great realization. And um <clears throat> like you say, I guess if you just go down the, the normal path of get scraping through, you know, you don't you you haven't developed that kind of grit in a way that you, you know you had to. So I love that. And um then I want to talk about the, you know, the decision to do the coding course because that's quite unusual as well. So you know, talk like just get get us a bit more into the, you know, you said your your dad was a programmer, so you obviously had a little bit of that um, element of it. But where was the course? Was it online? Was it, you know, physical? What tell us about what that whole thing? Yeah, definitely. So. Um... I can probably say this now because he's retired, but my dad worked at GCHQ, um, the government communication oh, wow. computers. So <clears throat> all I know is that he did some kind of like pro programming. Like I couldn't tell you a thing about what he actually did, but he would kind of come home and like show us like little side projects that he was working on and stuff like that. So I think I kind of always had that interest um, and just thought it was cool that you could kind of seemingly create something from, from nothing. Um, so yeah, I had just kind of been playing around. He would like recommend like different books or courses and things like that. So 
I would just kind of play around with that at uni in my spare time and just like see if I could like build something small like a little to-do list or something like that just kind of playing around with things um and yeah it was just kind of seeing the advert when I just graduated and thinking I don't know what to do now because I can't really pursue psychology and it was honestly just like a spur of the moment thing I was like I'm just gonna go for it like maybe this could be a new kind of career pathway for me um so yeah that was in Bristol which was amazing met some really really cool people there that I still keep in touch with that I did the course with um and yeah I absolutely loved it um I think for me it was just when I found out about UX I was like that seems a better fit for me um yeah I also don't think I was probably the best coder in the group <laughs> so <laughs> I think there was a bit of a yeah I'm not 100% sure that I would be like at the level where everyone else is for like applying to jobs and stuff so definitely mm -hmm. loved it and I still kind of like play around with stuff now just out of interest. yeah what language did you learn uh so we did the kind of like standard html css sas and javascript which i still hate now um and <laughs> react <laughs> which yeah. even though it is javascript i really enjoyed it seems like a more kind of like logical way to structure stuff mm. so um yeah react was the kind of main one but no it was amazing loved it that's really cool so yeah i i guess it's i don't know if you knew this but that was my background as well i did computer science um at Harriet Watt and um, and then kind of went down realized as well like I probably wasn't the best coder in the in the group either uh, and uh, you know it wasn't going to be my I don't think I didn't want to pursue a, a, a job as a software developer but I did really like UX and um, and, and design and, and building mm -hmm. building software so yeah that was kind of that was I, I took a similar path except took it over four years um wow. which might have maybe i should have just done it in, in three yeah. but you know um three months but it was uh yeah i think there's so that's why it's it's quite cool to encourage people into you know software is not just being a programmer is it there's so many different areas and certainly that's that's a message that i I love taking that message out to, to schools because it's kind of like it, a lot of people just think, you know, software is writing code and actually there's so much like, you know, the psychology and the, the design and the research and, and the interaction and all that kind of stuff, copywriting. Um, it's, it's, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's so many opportunities. Definitely. And I think it helped me so much, especially in my first UX role, because like we did a real client project. I had to be able to like gather information correctly and communicate with a wider team and, um, you know, work in an agile environment and things like that. And all those things were completely new to me and, and not kind of like a part of psychology per se. So moving into UX, I think that was invaluable. And I definitely would never, have, you know, regret doing that coding bootcamp at all. Even though I didn't end up pursuing that, I feel like it helped me in so many other ways and kind of taught me in a way kind of how to learn in that like business environment as opposed to academically because the two were so so different um mm. so yeah i find it massively massively helpful and then did you did you get any training in ux um like after the course did you say did you like or did you just take that job in 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 dc thompson yeah no i just went straight into that and was kind of learning on the job um which was amazing and yeah i think there were ways in which studying psychology really, really helped me, obviously with the whole research side of things and synthesis yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But I think as well, there were 
parts of psychology that maybe hindered me a little bit in terms of like communicating to the rest of the team because writing in psychology is so strict, especially at a master's level, it has to be very, very structured in a certain specific way. And I realized I was writing like these super lengthy reports for the wider team. It was like, no, I can't do this now. I have to make it like digestible for everyone. So um, yeah, those are ways that helped me, but a lot of the stuff I just kind of had to learn about like working in a non-academic setting and you know communicating stuff to a wider business, I guess. Yeah, and is there have you found much out there? Like, is in, in terms of stuff that you you know where you can continue to learn on UX? Have you found are there any kind of voices or um, websites or stuff that you kind of go to as a as a default to learn? Yeah, definitely. So this might sound really weird, but actually Reddit they have a um, UX research subreddit, okay. which is really really nice actually because there's a lot of people that will like open up discussions and start asking questions. And then you get people who are much more senior coming in and now the ring. And that's been really, really nice to me. Um, YouTube books as well. Um, that's mainly what I've been doing in my PDP time actually has been books that I've been meaning to read for ages. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say those are like my, my main ones. Yeah. Brilliant. And I guess, you know on that theme what what have you you've come into float at, at a really interesting time i think you know we've uh we've never we've never had a role in for ux research in the past so you're you know you, you've kind of come into the, the role fresh like what i guess i'd love to know what you've learned or what surprised you about about you know jumping in on that in that first time position yeah definitely so I've realized I've absolutely loved the research ops side of things. So optimizing the process around that, I kind of did that a little bit in my previous role, even like it wasn't in my title or anything, but I actually ended up doing that. Um, and that kind of organization and trying to see what works best for the wider team and things like that. I've absolutely loved it. Um, but I think in terms of being surprised, it's really nice for me to work in a team where people are like, genuinely interested in research even though that's not their job title um i think at my last role it was very much like you're the researcher that's your domain like we don't really have anything to do with that so right it, it was more kind of a solo um solo process whereas here it's really really nice to kind of collaborate and everyone's interested and everyone's interested in making the process better which is amazing and i think just because i'm so used to doing things by myself in that sense it's really nice to like have that feedback and like especially like Jamie and Alistair being able to kind of go to them and bounce ideas off them um because obviously they've been here well Jamie has been here obviously a lot longer than I have and he's got those kind of insights but he's also really interested in the research so yeah I'd say that's probably been the biggest surprise just I guess the collaboration side of things mm. yeah I know it's been it's, it's I guess it's been uh yeah, you you know, like I said, you joined at a time when we're really like, especially with this new new um, software that we're working on. It's like we've got to learn so much. We want to learn, and there's so many questions that we have, and it's uh, yeah, no, it's exciting. And it, it, like you said, it's been great for us to see even the throughput of people we can get. You know, like I know that Alistair was just saying that they've decided to cut back a, a bit because they're almost getting too many, too much, um, too many interviews that they don't have time to really digest them. So uh that's that's a great problem to have you know like i i don't know many companies where they're actually getting that meant that through that many interviews on such a regular basis so you know that and i imagine it's quite hard to you know to get people to show up on calls and to you know 
um, make sure they're the right people and all that stuff. So, so obviously you're doing something right. <laughs> Definitely a joint effort for, for me and Rebecca. Yeah, I, I think it can be difficult, especially because in my last role, I was speaking to people about their hobbies. And it was like, you could not stop people from coming in and wanting to, to chat about things. Actually, probably one of the hardest things was getting people like off the call <laughs> because they would just want to like chat constantly about it. And it's not that people don't want to chat about flow, but it's a very different kind of feel um, to it. And as well, mm-hmm. just simple things like the fact that a lot of people in my previous role were retired. So they had so much time on their hands and now trying to help them to think about, okay, what might be the best hours for people? Um, how many reminders, too many reminders? What's the deal with incentives? Just kind of trying to figure all that out. So definitely still like a learning curve for me on that front as well. Just trying to figure out, I guess, what's like the sweet spot in terms of recruitment for people. So yeah, yeah. I think though, I think we've had like a really good response from people, which is really nice. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, likewise, it's great for us to have somebody who's really excited to learn and excited to get, you know, get into it with people, not just kind of like somebody going through the motions of like, right, I've got this interview lined up and that's my job done. It's actually, you know, it's so important that people are actually, you know, we don't know what we're going to discover. And, you know, if, we, if, we're, if we're, uh, we, we're not at the point yet where you can just switch off and just churn out these interviews for you know, we're re- we don't know what we might learn and, and that might change the direction of the whole product. So it's, it's great that you have that, you know, holistic and, uh, you know, curiosity about it. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's so, so nice to get together afterwards. Um, again, just used to kind of doing the synthesis and everything kind of solo um, and not having the kind of wider team around to be kind of, I guess, almost interested enough to, to kind of chat about that. And the way it's done here is amazing because there are insights that, again, people like Jamie who've been here for so long will have that I would never have. Um, And it's so, so nice to kind of, again, just being able to bounce ideas off people and go through. And I think as well, there's such a difference when you're note taking as opposed to when you're leading the call. The kind of things that you pick up on and being able to kind of regroup afterwards with other people is is amazing. So, yeah, Yeah. it's been going really well so far. Awesome. And have you and you haven't had a chance to meet anybody in the team in real life yet, have you? No, no, it's gonna be so so weird. Um I am hoping to be moving to Edinburgh in I think August now, the latest update was. So I'm moving into like a new build flat and there's been a lot of like delays because of COVID and things like that. Um yeah, hopefully once I'm there. Or renting? Just renting, yeah. So I think myself and my boyfriend Andrew are gonna come over to Edinburgh, which would be really fun because I've only been to Edinburgh I think like twice so yeah it'll be an adventure <laughs> but hopefully then it'll be really really good to come into the office and, and meet people yeah yeah well people are starting to 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 trickle back in which is which is really um really nice to see mm-hmm. um so yeah you should um you should get get in and uh how's it how's it been for you how's the pandemic been has it been has it been challenging or you have you loved it or you know everybody's different people have different experiences what's what's yours been like well it's really weird I mean when I first got told I was going to be working from home in my last role I'd only been there for about three weeks and I think I was really nervous more than anything um probably because I was quite new and I didn't really know how it was going to be you know like if I needed help or I needed to ask someone a question um I think from a productivity standpoint, I feel like I work really well at home, probably because I just live alone, me and my cats. So <laughs> there's no like distractions. I don't have children, anything like that. And I know a lot of people with children have found this really, really hard. So 
in that sense, I can kind of just zone out and get into it. Um, I think I've definitely missed the kind of feeling of going in and like making relationships with people like in person. I think you do kind of miss out on a lot of little things like people just gathering around when they make a cup of tea or coffee, that kind of thing. Um, after work drinks, all that kind of stuff. So yes, yeah, it's, it's mixed. I think 50-50, I've enjoyed working from home, but I also miss people. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think as well, because most of my family is back in England. So that's been probably the hardest thing for me. Just, yeah, I think my mum I haven't seen since like Christmas 2019. So <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. hopefully this year will be really, really good to, to get back. Yeah. Christmas 2019, hold on. Tea? Over two years? Yeah. No, not, not quite two. Almost two years, I think. I'd wow. gone back, yeah, gone back for Christmas, came back, and then a few months later, everything kind of kicked off. Um, and, yeah, my mum and my older sister have both got, like, autoimmune issues, so didn't want to risk getting on, like, a plane or anything like that or a train and, you know, catching something on the way down. So, yeah, we're hopefully going to have a huge huge barbecue or something in the summer and we'll get together. Which they they had their vaccines now? Uh, so I think my mum has now, I think it's just my dad waiting for his second one. And I think my sister might also be waiting for her second one. Um, so yeah, they should be good to go hopefully soon. Um, I think I, yeah, I think my parents are planning on coming up for like a long weekend or something, which would be nice. That's cool. My, my folks were in town, uh, this weekend actually so that was the first time i've seen them since christmas and uh yeah that was that was nice we went out for dinner so you know it's all happening everything's starting to open up again it's uh it's hopefully quite quite exciting yeah fingers crossed do they like live locally to you are they quite close no or? they're in northern ireland uh they live up the north coast and uh so yeah, they, that was the first time they've been over, and the restaurants and aren't open yet in Northern Ireland. So they were they were delighted to be getting their first. I think their first. They stayed in a hotel. They 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 were in, they had a swim. They were going out for dinner. So they were they were loving it. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh no, it was really really nice. Yeah, no, I I can't wait for things to kind of be back to normal. That's so it'll be really good. So. Mm. Yeah, and it sounds like you're thinking like it sounds like maybe what would be good for you is that kind of hybrid model of a bit of time in the office, a bit of time working from home and you get the best of both worlds. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really nice that companies are now looking at that as an option. I think there was kind of blanket. This would never work. And I think loads of companies have realized that actually, you know, it's like a feasible option. Um, I think for me as well, like I'm a bit more on the introverted side. I'm still very social, but I think as well, just I feel yeah, a bit more in the zone, I think, at work at home. But yeah, yeah, I think it'd be really nice to have that balance of hopefully soon meeting everyone in real life because I think that would be amazing um, and get that kind of like social time in because I think that's really important as well. Um, I mean, everyone at Flow has been so, so lovely. I'm super excited to meet everyone kind of face-to-face, -face, so. Yeah. Good stuff. And are you, um, so you're you're talking about uh, August for your move to Edinburgh? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been moved a few times um i think it was meant to be yeah, march was the original kind of like moving date um and then yeah i kind of kept getting pushed back i think they're doing like a phased move in so they're only allowing right. a certain number of people to kind of come at the same time so that's starting from august but i don't know how long the the phase movement is going to take so yeah not sure who knows but it'll be good to hopefully still catch some good weather in edinburgh when i get there so yeah 
That's awesome. And is that in the city centre or is it further out? Where whereabouts are you moving to? In Leap, I think it's like a five, ten minute walk to the shore, but I'm really super unfamiliar <laughs> with the area, so it's gonna be brand new to me. Um I think Jamie was saying that he lived in Leap and maybe Nick had said as well that he lived there and everyone had some good things to say. I think Sam's already given me recommendations for like coffee places and food and stuff. Great. So yeah, yeah. No, Good stuff. Well, yeah, no, it's uh, that's that's awesome. And and your is your boyfriend somebody you met in Dundee? Yeah, so he's um he's actually a software developer, um, okay. and I think he's been looking for a new role for a little while now. And he was kind of saying, you know, why not Edinburgh or remote, um, which will obviously allow him to come to Edinburgh as well. So I think it'll be fun. He's never lived um outside of Dundee, so I think for him, it'll be super exciting as well. Um, I don't think he's also that familiar with Edinburgh, so it would be nice to kind of just go around to explore everywhere. Um, so yeah, no, it should be should be good. That's awesome. Um, good stuff. Um, what are you what are you most looking forward to? Sort of getting back to after, apart from obviously you got your move, but um, and you and, and you need to see your family and get 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 down south as well. Um, are you planning any other holidays or anything anything on the horizon for you? I would love to go abroad somewhere because I realized I haven't actually been abroad since 2011. So I'm like, oh, wow. desperate. I know <laughs> I kept like saying to myself, like, no, like put uni first, put uni first. And then it was like, oh, you works like new job, put that first. So, yeah, I've kind of, um, I guess, ended up putting putting a holiday off. So I would love to go abroad somewhere. That would be absolutely amazing. Um, Honestly, I'm really boring. I'm super excited to just be able to like go shopping, <laughs> go out for lunch, like go for after work drinks, things like that. Like all those little things, which don't seem like a huge deal, but then when you can't do them, you're like, oh my God, I really need that. So yeah, I think apart from that and a holiday, that's that's been sorted. <laughs> have, you, have you made it out to any of the, the, new, the, the pubs yet that have just opened up? No, I haven't. Um, I am hoping that um, a bunch of people that I knew from far past are going to be able to meet up soon, which would be really, really nice. Um, mm. There's also a few guys from there that have since moved to new places in Edinburgh, and a couple of them have actually moved to Edinburgh as well. So um, hopefully as well, we're going to be planning like some, some drinks and a big get together as well, which would be really nice. Great. And um, just a final, a few quick fire. Uh, things what what's your uh yeah what's your ideal kind of holiday is it um be, be, beachside or city break or what do you you know where do you what's your what's your perfect holiday it would probably be a mixture of beach definite beach um, and i love like history so like old buildings things like that like anything to do with that um yeah, there's so many, so many places I want to go to. I also really want to go to um, places like Thailand and South Korea, mainly for the shopping, if I'm totally honest, because of the night markets, which look amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to kind of like travel around everywhere at some point. Um, my grandparents, I think, have visited pretty much every country in the world, which is amazing. And it was always kind of like a goal to one day go and go and travel around. So yeah, everywhere, but probably 80 beach would be my ideal. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. And what about uh, reading, like TV, movies, music? What's your kind of? Uh, do you have a, a go to there? Yeah. So, well, everyone's laughing at the moment because I got Andrew to watch Lost with me, 
And obviously it's like years after it came out and everyone's like, how are you only just watching it? Um, so we are really deep into that at the moment. You mean watching Lost as well? Yeah. I heard on the great <laughs> You get him into that too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. You're the, you're the culprit. I know. Everyone's like, no, don't watch it. It gets like, it gets really, really weird. And I'm like, well, it, it was weird from the first episode. So, no, I'm really, really enjoying it so far. Um, I love like crime thrillers, obviously, probably forensic psychology coming to play there. Um, I feel like Swedish crime thrillers are amazing. Um, I think, was the last one I saw? I think it was The Killing, maybe, mm. which was amazing. I don't know if you've seen that. It was so, so good. I think- yeah, I've, I've definitely watched The Bridge and Borgen. And I can't know if, I don't remember if we watched The Killing or not. Oh. I actually don't think we have. So good oh. reminder. I'll have to add it to my list. <laughs> Put it on the bucket list. Um, yeah, I'll pretty much watch or read anything. I'm a big reader. Um, yeah, pretty much anything I can get my hands on. I mean, recently I've got into kind of like the nonfiction, um, like... What am I reading at the moment? I think it's called Atomic Habits. Um, oh yeah, James Clear. Yes, yeah, That's absolutely great. loving that. It's so so mm. good. I love as well, kind of books where they bring in psychology to it. Um, mm. So yeah, no, I'm absolutely loving that at the moment. Um, and I'd almost finished <sighs> Hooked, the book that you recommended. Is it Hooked? Yeah. Yeah. yeah which I was also loving for that same reason. Um, yeah, really, really good. But I'll pretty much read anything, to be honest. <laughs> Stephen King is probably my favorite. Nice. Well, look, um, it's been really good uh, talking to you, Lauren. I think, um, is there anything else you want to you, you want to add that we haven't talked about? Because uh, happy, to, happy to go there. No, I don't think so. No, it's been really good, though. Thank you. Um, awesome and I've got a few I'm going to send you a few links to a few other books that you know I think you might might sound like they might be up your street as well so hey awesome to chat to you um, and really great to have you oh I think I've lost you sure oh sorry I think you frozen oh we just froze oh I can hear you now 